Are you ready to live the all-in life? Then welcome to the All-In Podcast Show, sharing the defining moments of impact-driven entrepreneurs, industry pioneers, and transformative leaders as they showcase their defining moments and went all-in on their business and found true success. From the early steps in their journey to the moment they truly took their commitment to their life and business to another level, we'll give you the insight you need to go all-in on your dream life. Now here's your host, Daniel Giordano. Welcome to the All In Podcast Show. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Gav Gillibrand. Welcome to the show, Gav. Uh, thanks for having me, Daniel. Pleasure to be here. Well, I'm, I'm excited to hear your journey and, and how you wound up where you're at. I did read a little bit of the information that you submitted, which was kind what of- did what, did you, what did you read? What did you, what did you, tell me yeah. what you read. The mail review thing definitely stood out, right? <laughs> okay, we can, we can go there. It's a big part of my story. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, but, but I always like to hear, like, tell me a little bit about your background, where you came from and-, and uh, and we'll jump into where you're at today and how you got Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of when what I'm doing now is exactly what I was kind of earmarked to do from about the age of 14 or 15. I was always into fitness, health, obsessed by playing all types of sport. Um, and then we're going back to the mid to late 80s, um, 1987, 88. I just discovered bodybuilding. It, mm. Bodybuilding was getting was a lot more popular in America than it was in the UK. But I started seeing the magazines. I'd seen, you know, Arnold's in Pumping Iron. I was thinking I, would, I wouldn't mind looking like one of those guys. That was my mm. aim. And, right. and when everyone went into like a bank or insurance or a typical business for work experience, you know, they're 15, 16, doing their exams before they went on to college. I actually said, you know, I want to go to um, a gym, become a like a personal trainer. And back then, it, there wasn't, it didn't really exist. There wasn't many of those guys around. And this was spurred on by initially my love of Madonna. I was madly in love with Madonna back in the day. Mm -hmm. And she famously used to come to Hyde Park and was seen running around Hyde Park 10 miles at a time with two big bookends, two big burly bouncers with a name with personal trainer across their T-shirt. I remember seeing them thinking, personal trainer, maybe I could become a celebrity personal trainer. Is that a thing? So I, I did this day at the gym and I ended up um, doing my exams and signed up to do sports and exercise science at university. But how I got into my career that was meant to be a bit of fun and end up being a full-time gig for 17 years was I took a year out before going to university and worked part-time in a gym. I was 18 years old. And I saw this advert on the staff notice board um, auditions for a TV show called Blind Date. Uh, Blind Date back in the 80s and early 90s was the number one TV show in the UK. Mm. It was like the closest thing we've got to reality TV now. Mm. Um, you know, there'd be one girl behind a screen with three guys. I'm sure you had a version of it in mm. the States at some point. Mm. Um, and then she would ask these questions that we all knew beforehand. And then she would pick the guy that she wanted to go on this blind date with. A long story short, I, I watched, she picked me. But I bullshitted my way onto the show. I thought, how can I get onto this show? So when I went for the audition, I told them I was a stripper. I just completely lied. <laughs> it's a true, true story. Um, but it was a half lie. It was a white lie because literally three or four weeks before this first audition, I read in the newspaper auditions to be a stripper, to be a strippergram, as we call them in the UK. You know, the guy that rocks up at a bachelorette party dressed mm -hmm. as an officer and a gentleman or a fireman or something. So I'd been for the audition, but I hadn't had a job. 
I hadn't been on a, a gig, I'd done nothing. I went on to this audition and bullshitted my way and said I was been working as a stripper. Went through these three auditions, got onto the TV show. And the sh when the show was aired, I actually turned up for my very first week at university. So you could have, and everyone was like, there's that guy off the TV. So it made me semi-famous, at least at university. So most of the women thought I was a complete idiot. The guys loved it. Um, but that was the start. And actually, but just before I went to university, I'd, I actually started doing strips, doing strippograms. Mm -hmm. So I would do three, four jobs on a weekend and didn't want to quit, but went to university, got my degree, sports and exercise science. Um, fast forward three years, so it's 1996, just about to graduate. Again, this is a true story. Two weeks before graduation, a friend of mine who in the meantime had taken over my uh, stripogram business I had for about four or five months. He'd started working with the UK's equivalent to the Chippendales. Mm -hmm. You know, the Chippendales from yeah. the 80s and the 90s, still, mm -hmm. still going now. Um, and he called me up and he said, Gab, we've, I know you're about to finish your degree, but we've got a 12-week tour all over Europe and we're one guy short. We need an extra guy. I know you're ready for it. Um, he said, but we go next week. I said, but I've got two weeks to start and finish a 10,000 word dissertation. You know, he said, um, I need to know ASAP. I said, what do you need to know? He said, today. I went, fuck it, I'm in. <laughs> and I dropped my degree and went off on this tour. And that was the start, 1996 to 2010, where I was full time in the world of dance, stripping, entertainment, Merrill View is the right. posh way of saying mm. I was a male stripper. So mm. that was accidentally, I got to 30. I thought, you know what? I need to get back into sport, getting back into health and fitness. Couldn't quit, got to age 35, right? I need to actually go and do something with my brain as opposed to everything else. <laughs> I mean, 2008, I moved to London and ended up doing it part-time for another two years still. I couldn't give it up. And from 2008 into 2000, um, well, where we are now, 2021, I've been full-time in fitness, health, nutrition, and, and the coaching business. Mm -hmm. So that's the story. That's my background. Yeah, that's, about that's awesome. Minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot there that I'm sure we can talk about, right? But, uh, you know, what, one of the things I always like to see is like, so when you made that transition, because you said that it was, you know, it, it took a little while for you to give it up, right? Yeah. Um, and say, okay, it's time for me to do something, right? So what was it that, you know, uh, was that first step, like when you finally decided, okay, I'm going to get into the coaching industry and, and, you know, the health space? Well, you can imagine being in that industry, in the stripping industry, nutrition, looking good, taking care of myself was always a priority because that was my mm -hmm. job. So it was a very easy transition because I got my degree throughout the whole of the stripping career. I'd been doing my nutrition qualifications, personal training qualifications with a, with a view that I would probably have to do it, but would hope that I wouldn't have to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'd been auditioning for TV, fancied myself as a bit of a movie star, but it was never going to happen. I'd been auditioning for small TV movie roles and got little bits and bobs. And so I went my tail between my legs in 2008. Um, and I came to London, not in, a, not in a great space. I was like, you know what? I've not made it. I'm going to have to go and get a normal job. 
for a living, which was very hard mentally, physically fine, but mentally it was, it was, it was a tough transition. Um, but literally within a couple of months of getting into it and for 10 years, I, what I did is one-to-one -one personal training. I was working in London's equivalent to say Wall Street, that financial mm -hmm. square mile. So, you know, lots of lawyers, bankers, finance guys, great mm -hmm. area to learn. Um, literally full-time into a, a personal training studio there. Um, so the transition was quite quick but it was one that I didn't want to do, but I just had to, because I was like, right. you know, most of the guys in the gym are 21, 22, fresh out of university where right. I should have been. But what's right. the, the weird thing, Daniel, is if I hadn't have done that 17 years hiatus, so to speak, I don't think I'd still be doing fitness and nutrition now. Mm -hmm. um, I learned so much, met so many people, great life experiences that you could never, ever get in corporate or a typical, you know, lifestyle, because it's a very abnormal lifestyle. You know, my Monday night was Saturday night, Right. <laughs> you know, Monday morning, sorry, was Saturday night. So it was 17 years that you could never replace. And I, I've learned so much in that grounding in whatever it was in life that enabled me to move back into, you know, what I'd got my degree in, where I was qualified and, and I've run with it ever since. Right, awesome. So, so I, I can't help but think I have these crazy thoughts that go through my head at times, right? <laughs> and Come out so, is, so, is Gav, so is Gav the real name or is that a stage name? <laughs> no, well, Gav, Gav, Gav is, a, well, I'll tell you what my stage name was. <laughs> you can imagine my real name is Gilly Brand. It's not the most Hollywood, is it? It's not really, so I, I actually changed my name to, I was Gavin Michaels. Yeah. I, I, there was a, I remember there was a wrestler called Brett Michaels, wasn't there, back yeah. in the day? Right. Um, I remember thinking that sounded quite masculine. I didn't mm -hmm. like the idea of being like Billy Hot Rocks or Rebel right. Red or something. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I, so I, um, I kept my first name and changed my surname. So mm -hmm. I was, I was Gavin, Gavin Michaels. But the funny thing is when they used to introduce me, everyone then thought. So I actually became Gavin Michaels for 17 years. Oh, wow. And then when I told everyone my real name was Gillibrand, they were like, we just thought you were using your real name. We thought that was your name. So... Um, you know, I think if you if you Google Gavin Michaels, um, <laughs> there's still some old pictures from back in the day. Right, that's fine. All right, well, I'm sure we could take this. We could probably make a whole series out of this, right? <laughs> um, take know. this a number of different ways. But let's see, uh, you know, how we can help some people here around uh, yes. what you do, what you do now, right, to impact people in the way that you do with health and fitness. What are some of the you know common things that that people come to you for? Well, I specifically work with guys and girls that want to lose weight. That maybe probably my target market is age 40 to 55, mm. usually married, not always, usually with kids, but not always. Mm. People that are in corporate or entrepreneurs, business owners, CEOs that maybe got 30 pounds or more to lose and they've, they've tried everything, mm -hmm. which means they maybe 20, 25 years ago, they were in quite good shape. And they've let things slide because they've spent all their time working on building their business, making money or a career or family or whatever. Right. And as you may know, there's a lot of myths in fitness. There's a lot of bullshit myths. A mm. lot of uh, mis is, mis you know, people just don't understand how calories work, how you lose weight. It's very, it's a strange topic for many people. And there's a lot of bullshit out there. There's people saying, follow this diet or you should be exercising like this. And it's very confusing. So my whole job really is to one dispel the myths to tell people the truth but 
allow them to lose weight and eat food and exercise in a way that's not so restrictive. Because when I mentioned the word diet straight away, it's a four-letter word. I mean, it actually is a four-letter word, but people think rabbit food, mm-hmm. salads, gym five days a week, um, no booze, no carbohydrates. Not everyone, but a lot of people think, right. oh, no, I've got to go on that diet. It's mm-hmm. restrictive and elimination. So I, my job is to teach people that they can still have a life. They can still enjoy carbohydrates, still drink a few drinks every week if we can control the numbers. It all comes down to simple calories in versus calories out. If you consume more than you burn, you're going to gain weight. If you burn more than you consume, you're going to lose weight. Now, there's some nuances within that, of course, Mm -hmm. but ultimately it's very, very simple. So I, I teach people how to have a great relationship with food, how to not think they're on a diet, still have a life and get great results. Right. That's good. So, so if you think about obviously the past year and a half where people have not been as active with all the crazy stuff going on in the world, right? Uh, it was great know. for business. It was yeah. great for business. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. And then, you know, so from, from the, uh, when, when you look at the, the mindset of the person that is trying to lose weight, because you mentioned a couple of key things there. One is, you know, the person, you know, usually in this, I speak to myself when I say this stuff as well, right? I mean, I am a health nut, but there's been times I've not been as effective as I know I can be, right? Um, But but what, what would you say that the common denominator is of the thing that you see, like the people that have the most success and the people that, you know, tend to fall off the wagon and, and, uh, you know, not actually get results? Well, there's a big part fat loss that most people when i say most people many trainers or fitness people neglect is the psychological aspect of fat mm-hmm. burning body fat you know the mechanic i say there's, there's the mechanics of burning body fat that's calories in calories out plus exercise so the mechanical side can be taught in half an hour the psychological aspect and that comes down to um self-image self-esteem um self uh, sabotage, mm-hmm. self-limiting, all the self-limiting beliefs. Because if we know that we just need to eat a little bit less food and move our body, why doesn't every guy have a six-pack? Yeah. And why doesn't why isn't every woman on the planet a size eight or a size six? Because food is very emotional. We, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when we're happy, we eat. When we're sad, we eat. When we're pissed off, we go and eat or we drink. So it's the only drug, and I use that lightly, mm-hmm. that we have to have but just in small amounts. Like Mm -hmm. if you're addicted to heroin, you don't tell a heroin addict, just have one shot of heroin to get you through the day. Well, you have to be completely cold turkey. You like, Mm -hmm. but with food, it's the thing that makes people morbidly obese and kills people, but we have to have it to stay alive. So it's the psychological aspect of losing body fat is the trick. So most of the coaching, probably at least 70% of the coaching is behavioral change. Mm -hmm. Like, these adults are very smart people, most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they know what to eat re- with a bit of coaching. They know that they shouldn't eat certain foods or the amount of foods. But what stops when someone when you get to 10 p.m., how many times is anyone listening or watching? It's 10 p.m., you should go to bed and you just open up the fridge. You're not even hungry and you're just scouring the fridge to find something. We've all done it, right? Or mm-hmm. you go in the cupboard and grab that, you know, get that bag of chips out, like just shove a few in just, just to get that moment of pleasure on the lip. But, and you're about to go to bed, but what, why? Why do we do that? Because mm. that psychological aspect, the triggers, emotional triggers, self-esteem where you know a lot of people, when they try and lose weight, if they don't think they can ever get the result they want, they'll self-sabotage. 
Mm-hmm. And you see it in business, in finances, in relationships, any aspect of life. People will actually, even when they're getting success, they'll end up doing something so stupid that it ruins. It's almost like they're scared of achieving the goal, the goal that they've set themselves. And that comes down to self-esteem, self-image, self-belief. So that the people, to, to answer the question, people that get the best results, one, they've got the mechanical side. But two, they work on what's going on in there. They will look at behavior change. What are the triggers? What are their emotions around food? Um, so 90% of what we'll work on is nutrition and why people eat what they do. The mechanical side, that's easy. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So I know it's always fascinating because a lot of times people don't realize the mental game, you know, and how that's all driving yeah. you know, 90% of the game. And yeah, most people yeah, don't you know, recognize it. <laughs> every game isn't it every game like why do we do what we do it we all like if i always say this to every client if it was information if information was all we needed everyone would be rich skinny and happy right yeah (laughs) because you can google the answer to anything right now Mm -hmm. so it's not it's not information it's implementation and actually sticking to it and being consistent and and actually recognizing why do i do what i do Mm -hmm. because we've all got the tools especially with internet we can find the answer to anything can't we right yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, everything's at our fingertips. A little too much information these days, right? Too much. Yeah, way <laughs> yeah. too much. Way too much. Yeah. So, so, um, so, what's one thing you would tell somebody today? You know, that that's listening to this, that might be in that place where they're, you know, I need to lose some weight, but I need some help, right? Obviously, they're going to reach out to you. But you know, aside from that, right? You know, yeah. what, what would be some words so, of wisdom? Aside from that, the very absolutely the very first thing they need to do is start tracking their calories. Mm-hmm. Like most people have got no idea of what they're eating or the value of the food they're eating. And what most people do when they go on a diet, they randomly cut their food, which usually becomes comes from fat or carbs because someone at the office told them that carbs makes them fat. Right. Another one of those myths. So they just cut a load of food. It's like saying to someone, um, if I said to you, Daniel, I want you to save 10 grand as quickly as you can. The only caveat is I'm not going to tell you when you've got it income coming in or how much and i'm also not going to tell you your outgoings Hmm. they're just going to come randomly Hmm. how quickly could you save 10 grand it'd be impossible wouldn't it so that's what most people do they've got no idea what's coming in in terms of food and then just randomly pick a number and cut something they've got no idea of the exercise that they're doing and they add something in so unless that equation's right, they're never going to lose weight. So they sometimes lose a bit of weight, then they put it on, but they don't know why or how or when. So we need to get someone to track the calories and they can do that with a simple track on their phone. That's the first thing we teach. Um, That would be the first thing, find out what you're eating, track your food and log it for a week. And then we can see the patterns and then we can make, start to make some changes. Sure. That definitely would reveal some things, right? (laughs) Massively. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. So, so, uh, you know, one, I appreciate you taking the time here to, and you know, what you're doing in the world, because I believe, you know, without health, nothing else uh, obviously matters, right? We only get one body, right? And, uh, you know, helping people get healthy and, you know, live full lives, you know, uh, is obviously really important. (laughs) So, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't recognize that, which is why it's great for business, right? (laughs) It's great for for business. Unfortunately, um, much as I would love people to to, to know everything if it wasn't if people didn't find this topic so confusing i wouldn't have a job so i guess i'm right i'm grateful, grateful for yeah that. right that's good so um so how do people find out more about you uh best place well first of all um they could check out my book uh-huh. that's a great start 
okay. uh, the GHG method. They can go to the ghgmethod.com. That's all my coaching and all my methods in there. Or LinkedIn is probably the best place to get me. Mm -hmm. I'm lurking uh, Gab Gillibrand on LinkedIn, or they could go to gabgillibrand.com. That's the website. Right. But LinkedIn is where I, I've got a, a large following within social media. Uh, all my videos or my posts is probably I'm on there most of the day. Right. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you being here and taking the time and uh, I look forward to your continued uh, impact that you're having in the world and, and uh, you know, keeping, the, keeping it real for people, helping them you know, get clear on you know, getting healthy and living life all in. So excited to have you here. Thank My you. pleasure. Thank you very much, Daniel. We want to thank you for being all in with us on today's episode of the All In Podcast Show. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, as well as ways to connect to our guests, head to allinpodcast.com. That's available exclusively on allinpodcast.com.